Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. And today, not only is Tracy and myself here, but we've got the lovely Lena, who is the founder of Australian Ceremonial Cacao. And we've invited her on to TOSP today to share her wisdom and passion about cacao. Welcome, Lena. And thank you for saying yes. Hello, thank you so much for your invitation. <laughs> Thanks, Lena. And, um, we both aren't feeling the greatest today, so um, I really appreciate, even though I completely missed your Instagram message this morning, <laughs> um, but I thank you for showing up anyway, and just obviously our listeners can hear my voice, so I'm not going to talk to everyone, and Laura's pretty much going to do most of the talking today, and I'll just um, pipe up when when I feel like going on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> when a tangent arises. <laughs> And Lena, we were just um, commenting before we hit record that you're sitting somewhere beautiful and sunny. Where are you coming uh, from today? So I'm in Brisbane, in Queensland. Yeah, Yeah. lovely. So much rain here. So yeah, it's a blessing to have some sun. Happy to see the sun. It's such a reprieve, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. Wasn't really a sun fan, actually. Oh, you weren't. (laughs) No, no. Living in Brisbane. Yeah, but now I am. I'm really grateful. For yeah. Song. Well, this will make one out of you, won't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you poor things. It's It's been a very rainy for a lot of Australia and that sort yeah. of eastern, northeastern area is really hardest hit, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot behind the rain, but we won't get, we won't tangent there. Ah, <laughs> not yet at least, anyhow. <laughs> it's a good tangent. Okay. We love tangents. We're here for it. So um, with regards to your story and your journey with cacao, it's so beautiful. Would you mind uh, sharing some of it with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, I always have a funny little joke with the creator and spirit and God, whatever you want to call about it. Um, But I can see now that it was all planned from the moment I was born because I wasn't born in Australia and I moved here when I was six and on a we stayed here for two years in Adelaide and on an Easter holiday we drove from Adelaide to Uluru. Wow. And um, my dad is like an avid traveller and we climbed Uluru at that stage. So a lot of what we know now and all the respect that we have now and finally the Aboriginal voices have been heard, the Arunde people's voices have been heard and those are the people who live um, at Es Rock and around that area or Uluru. Just called that a completely wrong name. <laughs> um, Uluru. Okay. Yeah, Uluru. And back then it wasn't widely respected to not climb the rock and we didn't even That's know right. yeah. that, that was um, something that was very important to them just their voices weren't heard at all. So 
we climbed the rock and I never thought anything much of it. And I kind of went through life. We left Australia and lived in Borneo and ended up moving back here 16 years ago. And um, during a 10 year relationship and marriage that I could feel um, I had to use my voice, but I was so scared to. I knew that that would be part of my journey. And um, for my 30th birthday, I went to Uluru mm. again. And in the guise of I'd actually got it for my ex-partner's uh, birthday present. But little did I know that that trip was for me as well. And on the train there, um, train, now I'm really wrong stuff, uh, plane there. Plane. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> a method of transport. Some whatever. Some vehicle. <laughs> um oh I was I was sitting, I distinctly remember sitting in the aeroplane seat and hearing this voice going, You've come back to apologize. Oh and wow. You do, you'll know what to do next. You'll be showing your next steps. And I don't normally hear my spirit guys' voices very loudly at all, okay. um, but that was very clear and very loud to me. And so when I arrived, I was like, oh, when do I apologise? Okay, so I got really excited about this and I had this image I had to be at the rock to apologise. So the first night I was there, I didn't apologise and you know how silly of me, like those spirits are everywhere. They're listening no matter where you're at. They're with you at the, your hotel. Um they're watching everything that goes on there. Like the guardians there are just the strongest you could ever feel spirits around um, than I've ever been anywhere else in the world. Wow. Um, so that night I didn't apologise, though I could feel like this excitement. And when I went to sleep that first night, in my dreams I got shown every single naughty thing I'd ever done in my entire life. Like, wow. I've been watching you, you know that kind of thing. And we know what you've done, but not in like a condemning way, but like okay. been a naughty little girl. <laughs> yeah. um, but like no judgment. Yeah. Just more yeah. like stating the facts. Yeah, pretty much. Like we've okay. been watching over you really. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> next day I was like, okay, I definitely have to apologize. <laughs> so, yeah. Where do you begin? <laughs> So, I've written my letter. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are watching me, and I feel like I'm being called to the principal's office. Mm. Uh, that feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> so we end up going on this little tour, and we're on a bus, and we're with other people. And a beautiful um, young man was our tour guide, and he was an Aboriginal man, but he wasn't from that area. And when I said. Um, has anybody ever come to Uluru to apologise during a really awkward conversation where one lady in my tour group was trying to explain how climbing the rock was justified for her and was trying to really justify it to this young Aboriginal tour guide and it was just like the awkwardest thing ever. Everybody wow. kind of, you could hear the crickets, people yeah. were like literally holding their breath because it's like you're trying to explain something that mm -hmm. has really been respectfully explained to the world now. Like, yeah. you, you, what more can they say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was making it about her. Yes, and she did explain that it wasn't about you know climbing the rock and overcoming this. It was overcoming myself, and it was just super awkward. Wow. And I felt like I had to 
get it out of my system. So I, uh, she was like trying to explain to this poor man and and he was just like really gracefully nodding and taking it, but not accepting it, but just yep. allowing it to speak. Mm. I'm sure it's not the first time that something like that's happened. Mm. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. And then I turn around and just wait, has anybody ever come to apologize for climbing the rock? <laughs> and she just looked at me in horror because I was coming from a complete opposite direction. Yeah. And then I got a couple of nods and mm's and I was like, because I climbed this rock 23 years ago and I would like to apologize. And he was like, well, actually, thank you. Like people have come to apologize and people have sent sorry rocks back. So rocks that they've taken from um, sand that they've taken from that area because um, it's a legend that it's a curse to climb the rock to take anything from that area mm. and he said but thank you for apologizing like I'm from Fraser Island so you don't have to like apologize to me but thanks for apologizing anyway and I felt like oh like that was my thing so I quickly just I could feel myself about to burst out crying so mm. okay thank you and then I turned around and I just honestly I just bawled my eyes out um and that yeah I just cried for like 10 minutes I was totally blubbering wow <laughs> coming out of my nose I was fully yep. drooling it was like all this weight release didn't even know I was carrying um yeah massive release massive release um and then I just I could feel them watching me and I could see the rock breathing wow. at this point and I was like if you can forgive me um you know where to find me come see me in my dreams this was way before I I had improved like my psychic ability to be able to see and hear things awake. It was much easier to see things in my dreams because then they could mm-hmm. show me whatever image they wanted to. So I was like, come and see me in my dreams. So 10 days later, um, I dream that I'm back at the rock and I'm sitting in a large group of women um, next to the rock around a fire. And two women were explaining to me that we've made you emu um, and we've cut it into six pieces. And so it was like this whole beautiful eat with us and um, share food with us and like a forgiveness that I was given and I could feel that. And it, when I was backing out of this scene, there was um, an elder who was like fully body painted holding a uh, what they call a pity and Arundale language, which is a Kulamon, an Aboriginal bowl for bush tucker carrying babies and a younger girl. And that younger girl, um, in further discovery, she was my sister from my past life. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So it all ties in. Yeah. So you were spiritually initiated into the Indigenous spiritual community through your dream and um from in terms of in this human experience but your spirit was brought to reconciliation with your spirit from past lives so it's kind of like Lena gets initiated in in this human experience but it's only because like it's a like a human idea because I've been initiated into indigenous spiritual community as well and it's like a um but I also know that in past lives that I have existed inside of those communities. And so the the human part of who you're having now needs to be initiated 
because we 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 won't see it any other way. Even though we've or we're, we've already been initiated, our soul has been initiated before. However, we are we believe there is a level of our ego or our humanness that um, has a barrier to just um, I get what's the word that I'm looking for um, like a a preconceived idea or it's not even the word like a um a belief that we we don't need to be initiated it's like we we actually have this level of respect or understanding that um we can't just assume that just because we have been that we are so like what i see with um a lot of um people who i know who have been initiated through the spiritual Indigenous community, but in this human experience, they've not really had anything to do with the Indigenous until they had their moment, like what yours is and what mine was. Um, the, like in this human experience, we would never have, have assumed or guessed or believed that we were already a part of, of that spiritual community. So there's a part of our new expression of self that needs to be accepted in. And then we're reconciled and we we reconcile with the bigger part of our soul that has lived the Indigenous spirit before. Does that make sense? I did a really poor job of explaining that. <laughs> you brought it around, I think. <laughs> what about you, Lena? Yeah, I do understand that. Um, like in this current human experience where we're all living right now, you know, for me, late 80s and to now, 20, year 2022, we're in an absolute world of just absolute chaos. And I think one of the biggest illusions that we are all living is that we're all separate and separate, separate from nature and we're yeah. all unnatural. Um, so, yeah, we've all in our past lives, like I can remember many past lives where people were a lot more unified and there was obviously a lot less travelling going on. And it was only a matter of time that everybody in the whole wide world was going to mix together. And that was always going to be a bit chaotic because depending on wherever you're born, you are going to be influenced by those directly around you. And so there's there's a big there's a big falsehood of separation and yeah. our way is better and my way is right. Um, but, you know, shit has to go wrong for people to want to do the work to bind it all back together. And I think that's where we're at in our journey now. There's many people who are getting the picture that we now need to bind together more than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So with all of that backstory. Um, where does the cacao come up? Yeah. Where's uh, yep. there's cacao and then there's ceremonial grade cacao. Can you enlighten us with the difference and everything in between? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, can I just go into what came next after? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, go for it. Because that leads into that as well. Okay. So I was There's another chapter. <laughs> I was doing um, Reiki share at a spiritual school, I would call it, run by um, an Aboriginal elder. Um, here in Brisbane and I had been going for a couple of years but after this experience I went to the Reiki share and I actually I'd never been in a group with these two women before but they were both elders and one was a Maori elder and one was an Aboriginal elder and she could see the two women that I saw in my dream oh and wow she 
could describe them exactly as I saw them. She basically validated it for me. And it was really important for me because she also said she's an amazing seer that the elder was giving me a gift and that gift was her Kulamon. And at that time I was like, okay, an empty spiritual bowl. Am I about to have a baby (laughs) that I need to carry this, use to carry this with? Well, I was thinking like a a real fruit bowl or something actually (laughs) would have been really cool. So I was like, what am I going to do with this spiritual bowl? Okay. Mm. But she also said, you know, and um, Rainbow Snake is here as well. And he's really, really with you. And they validated so much for me. And I was able to just cry on the table. And it was like they really wanted me to pay attention to something. So not long after that, I went to my first cacao ceremony um, here in South Bank. And it was really, really underwhelming. So I was just like thinking all this crazy stuff was going to release out of my heart and I had so much expectation and it was really really mild and "Hmm, well nothing really came (laughs) but I went home and I had a bag of cacao with me that I got from the place and I ceremonied every day and it was the home ceremony that just changed my life oh wow I was at a really unhappy place in my marriage, in my relationship. Like I should have left years and years and years and years ago. I should have left three months after I got married actually, but I had this judgment of I failed again. What that means. Yeah. Too late now. Yeah. Um, And I had my own judgments like, oh my God, I'm going to be the next Kim Kardashian, got married for 70 days and and (laughs) this shame stuck with me. So um. The cacao ceremonies at home was like just gave me so much clarity and mm. every day I would ceremony and I would feel so stuck in this place where I, I thought I was too cowardly to leave. I would just ask the cacao, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Just show me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Just help me. And then one day I was at the back ceremonying and then I thought, oh, just tell me what to do. Just I was honestly, I was just begging every Desperate. day. Yep. And I thought the spiritual bowl came up and I was like right what's with the spiritual cooler bowl why would you give me an empty bowl what is this going to do for me and then I heard the voice um why don't you have a look in the bowl (laughs) I was like (laughs) (laughs) I I did not think of that (laughs) exactly exactly thank you that's what spirit guides for (laughs) I can really just give tell you the obvious sometimes I love it (laughs) And so I went into a meditation and I pictured her handing me the bowl and I said, thank you. And I was holding it and I looked into the bowl and it was full of cacao beans, but brown cacao beans. So it had already been roasted. And then I heard cacao spirit like really clearly in my head and she went, you want to know what to do? Take my hand and I'll show you. And for the next three days and two nights, I didn't sleep. I just got given information like 24 hours of the day, like every minute of the day, I was just information, information, like this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do for three days straight. It was unavoidable. And I just followed. I just like, I'd never made a website before. I just got up and looked for a platform. I started searching for cacao paste and and it was more than that. It was like from the my Aboriginal guide's point of view and and story, it was we need a cacao for Australia. 
we need a cacao to heal this land because this land has so much trauma, um, so much separation. Like it's it's so fresh and close to post-colonization, which is just horrific in itself. Mm. And we need to also peel people's eyes open so that they can love and so that we can all, I don't know, come together yeah yeah learn and realize that we're here to come together because the separation has no use here yep wow so so that's so that was um a download a really 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 big fucking download (laughs) yeah massive yeah did you did you sleep for a while after that um I was so I felt so high off energy like I, I didn't, I wasn't tired. I don't, I don't feel. Yeah, good. it's interesting. And I, I really like to ask that question of people who experience downloads, whether they're really intense ones like your what yours was um, or whether they're just like mild ones. But it's so funny, like you would think that after three days and three nights of this like boom and it is like it's if you, unless you've experienced a download of that intensity, you can't explain it. Um, but you would think that it would be kind of like in the movies where like they've spent all your energy and then you just pass out for three days and then you wake up and it's not like that at all. It's almost like when you get the download, you're also infused with this passion and this fire that you kind of like run out the gate almost just like, I don't know where this energy came from. It doesn't make sense that I should have this energy. It's, I don't understand how it's even humanly possible, but it's like you, you must, it's kind of just um, like an adrenaline. Mm. Yeah. Like a post birth adrenaline, I feel. Yeah. Kind of. uh. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I, I don't know for me after having my son, I, I honestly thought, well, I haven't slept for days and I feel okay. It's like something about the body is supporting it. Yeah. But I can't mm. describe. Yeah. yeah, it's like you get upgraded on a physical level as well to do what's necessary to do what's got to be done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've heard of those that three days and three nights um, before as well from people talking about when they've received a vast amount of information. There's a common thread there, isn't there? Three days and three nights for a big shift anyway yeah, the, the power of three is quite a strong we could probably do an episode on that Laura we could yeah I was about <laughs> to say I digress <laughs> it's amazing oh yeah so with the cacao yeah. and the ceremonial ceremonial grade cacao just talk us through the difference of someone that's not ever heard of cacao that much before other than chocolate yeah so the difference between ceremonial grade cacao and chocolate would be I'll start with describing the process of chocolate and what makes yeah. chocolate. So please do. <laughs> I love chocolate. Mm-hmm. So we'll start from the beginning, which would be cacao pods growing on a tree. Yeah. And the farmers taking the pods off, cracking them open, and inside would be all the cacao like seeds with a pulp around them. And what they would do is they would put all of this into big um, cement like vats or silos all called containers but they're like big square baths Mm. um and they'd put all of that pulp and seed in there and then they would cover it up and it'll ferment for 
couple of days. I can't remember if it's 50 days. That's mm. coming to my head. A while. Yeah, to fully ferment so that all of that pulp goes away and so that the enzyme really gets to heat up. So this brings me to also raw cacao. Um, if the cacao has been heated or experienced like heat in its body that goes over 42 degrees Celsius, then it is no longer a raw uh, product. So a lot of the raw word out there is absolute, um, what do you call it, false advertisement. It's mm. it's just to make people think raw is better and, and then attract that market. Right. Actually okay. not true a lot of the time. Interesting. We won't get into that. Um, so <laughs> it gets fermented, the pulp comes off, then it can be sun-dried and then it can get roasted or toasted, which is really, really important. Um, and I'll explain that later. But it will get roasted and then it will get deshelled and then what will be left is the cacao nib, which is the bean in the middle, and that will get ground into a paste. And then for it to go into chocolate, it will also be squashed and it will have thousands of tonnes of pressure um, squashing the cacao bean and fibre, which will squash all of the oil out, the natural oil and fat that's in the cacao bean out. And then you're left with what you call a cacao cake, which is just cacao powder, basically. Then that'll get um, like blow dried, really, so that it it, it separates so it's like a nice fluffy cacao powder mm. and that'll get bagged and it'll go off to whatever factory it, it goes off to and then quite often it goes to a factory then it gets the cacao butter reintroduced and remixed mm. and then it'll get heated and cooled and heated and cooled so it'll get tempered that's what you would call tempered added um, heaps of like your milks, powders and your sugars Sugar. and your stabilizers and all your other nasties um, to keep it lasting on the shelf and to keep it from melting and all these other things. And that would be chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, for it to be ceremonial grey cacao, the process basically stops after it just being roasted and then ground into a paste and right. the process stops. So it needs to be roasted, and I'd say that that is really important because it's the roasting that unlocks the psychoactive ingredients of the cacao. So the theobromine, the PEA, the longer word is penyl, phenyl, ethyl, ethyl, ethylene. Like <laughs> nice. Thank you. Anandamides, like all these, the magnesiums, the irons, the phosphorus, the zincs, all these um, B vitamins, all these goodies get unlocked so that when you bring them into your body and when you ingest them, your body can really easily take all these ingredients in, which is why it is known as food, the food of the gods, because it's the most like nutrient dense food on the planet. And the Mesoamerican civilizations could have energy for like a full day just from eating cacao in the morning and mixing it with their maize um, cornmeal or whatever it is they're mixing it with. Like it just has so much nutrition in it that it's just magical. 
like it would it would have helped people from getting really bad like vitamin deficiencies and and all those little things you would suffer if you didn't have like particular you know vegetables and fruits and have them all mixed together well all you had to have was cacao back then mm. and so it was a miracle basically really and obviously they knew to toast it and roast it in order for Absolutely. that bioavailability yeah. of everything yes it has always been done that way and they've always known and it's always happened since women um, first really discovered cooking on fire. Mm-hmm. But we we'll have to get into that, but, yeah. I love it. Okay. So can you talk us through um, the ceremonial cacao sort of aspects? You know, why is it so <coughs> special um, and it gets essentially its very own ritual in the ceremony? Yeah, so energetically every plant um, does something for you. Like if you were to really sit with any plant, it would be able to tell you what it did. Mm. And so what cacao has told our ancestors and what they've been using it for in many years is to open up the heart chakra, to connect with through your heart into your higher self. Um, men and women connect to their hearts in different ways. <laughs> I won't get into that. <laughs> how sensitive this podcast is but a lot of men connect um to their it's not censored (laughs) (laughs) go for it freedom of speech (laughs) in fact our listeners enjoy that yeah (laughs) yeah well it said that men connect to their hearts through their penis and Mm. I say that beautifully because it's only like the the modern day society that has actually tabooed that and and made it an issue and, and judged that and a lot of women connect to their hearts through their breasts and and their chest so the cacao can just kind of take you straight into the heart and into that space and then it kind of just reverberates throughout your whole body and you can get all the messages in your brain that can only come when you're in a heart connected space so a space of you know no judgment of letting things go but I think the no judgment is the biggest one because we're so bombarded with judgment and of ourself and so ingrained yeah that it just takes away all these veils of bullshit so you can just get into that space Mm. yes I love how you were talking at the very start of your answer about if you just sit with plants long enough they'll tell us what their um, uses are. And it reminded me only um, a week or two ago over on Turns Out She's a Witch um, that I co-host with someone called Shannon Cotterall. We interviewed a lady, Bianca, (coughs) and she talked a lot about um, plant and spirit medicine. So it was beautiful um, for any of our listeners who are intrigued, go over there and have a listen. But yeah, she's um, a proud Aboriginal woman and she had a, a lot to share and she's spent a lot, a, you know, a long time learning and listening and that sort of thing and and she's um, doing some wonderful work teaching as well now. So I love how what you said just aligned perfectly because it's so true but we forget that plants have so much wisdom to share. It's just we've we've forgotten to listen. I think we've been told that it's all happened by trial and error. Oh, we haven't been told anything really. But if, if a lot of us think back, we must think, oh, it must be trial and error. They must have tried this mushroom and somebody died and went, okay, everybody oh, yeah. this mushroom. Yeah. Or whatever it is, like this is a really good antibiotic 
um, like the iron bark here in Australia, the sap of the iron bark is an amazing antibiotic. Okay. And, you know, none of this was come across by accident. Like yeah. this is all back when we were connected to nature and we did listen to nature, we knew what everything did because we had more of that time and respect to sit with it. Our our skills were way more in tune than, than they are today mm. and we could find that out. Um, mm. And not yeah. we can't practice that now. And Laura, when you said like we, you know, so much of that has been lost, like we've forgotten that plants can do that. It's also, you know, not only have some of us forgotten that that plants can do that, but we've also forgotten how to do it. You know, like we could say, okay, I accept that plants can tell me all of this information and can do all of this thing, but I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't know how to listen. Do I just go up and say, hey, plant? what do you do for me? Like, it's not, sometimes it's not the barrier of that the plant can tell us. It's like, how do I learn how to hear what the plant is saying? And so Mm. I think there's probably a lot of things that get lost and that's also culture and tradition. You know, like if we do go back to the settlements and things like that, you know, with the stolen generation and stories and um, wisdom and things just get lost in translation or they just get lost simply because generations don't continue on or like they will die out or absolutely be killed. So it's like just the wisdom to prepare it, the wisdom to hear it, to listen to it, to sit with it has also been lost, not just the fact that of the knowledge that the plants can do that. Yeah, well, that's it. And that's what I like so much about the episode with Bianca. She really talked um, about how to connect, what to do, that sort of thing, because that it's the teaching, isn't it? It's that passing down and sharing yeah. all of it. There's such a gap there. And then also when you look at how medicines are made in the modern Western world, um, many are still derived from plants, um, but they're made in a lab and it is very much trial and error Um you know, so it's set up completely polar opposite, even though a lot of it has the same beginning. It's just mm. such a strange world. Yeah, it is. Um, to get back to your question about including cacao in ceremony, mm. it's it's also retraining everybody that they have God inside their heart or whatever you want to call it, that's the divine spirit inside your heart and that that's been forgotten. So I'd like to just remind everybody how powerful it is to create intention from your heart space. Our hearts are a magnet to everything that happens around us it's a magnet to call things into our lives that we want and and we don't want, depending on where we're connecting our brain and what we're thinking to our heart space. So with cacao and ceremonying intentionally, Mm -hmm. we are, I guess, what you'd call in control of where we're going and what we're doing like with purpose when you sit with cacao and you speak to the spirit of cacao and you hold that cup of cacao in your hand and you drink it and you really allow it into your body, you allow it into your heart, it can for a moment melt all of the trauma and all of the armour that we've collected throughout our entire life, through every single experience we've had that's been unpleasant um, and we've, you know, put on another layer, another layer of armour 
And what that cacao can do is allow you to feel safe, to melt that armor away. So you're actually in a genuine and authentically vibrating place of like heart energy. Um, And I can't really describe that in any other way except that just really tell you how powerful heart energy is um, and how it can really be felt throughout the world because so much of the time humans are operating from uh, fight or flight and our hearts will be emitting that constantly. We're, we're what looking at everybody. We're seeing how they're looking at us. We're really thinking about how we're responding to what we're seeing. And so when you can sit with yourself and maybe that's the first time you've ever felt that melt away for 18 years, 20 years, 50 years. A lot of the time cacao will be doing a lot of work to help you trust that it is safe for that to be melted away, to be safe and let you know that you don't need that, that you can fully vibrate from this heart open space no matter what and allow that to to be gone basically like everything you've held on to for so many years and then you combine intention setting with it which is big with cacao ceremonies it's there's always intention setting in so many um like self time like whether it's yoga or Mm. you know walking in the woods by yourself there's there's a certain like energy of just being feeling safe and and with your heart and also having the clarity to think. So with cacao ceremony, you can invite all of that intention setting, like deciding what you do want from your heart because you're not going to decide that you want fear or issues when, when you're in your heart. So it can allow that to just melt away and you get to ask yourself, what do I really want um, from a place of self-nurturing for me? So it sounds like the cacao spirit is holding space for you to feel free and safe to embrace and express um, and um, put out, I guess, the signal or emit and and release um, what you truly authentically want. And so the ceremony kind of creates a sacred space to journey within that within yourself yeah yeah and a cacao ceremony doesn't have to look a particular way as long as you really do feel it and set that intentional space and and allow her to hold space for you because for so long I was just releasing so much before I could even start rebuilding foundations of what Mm. I or even thinking that. that I was allowed to ask for what I wanted did that, um, when you said that you went to your first ceremony and you were underwhelmed, do, do you see now, like, do you think that whoever it was that held the ceremony in the human form that held the ceremony perhaps didn't understand how it works or do you think that maybe you now can look back and sort of see it as, well, there is a process and maybe for being underwhelmed it was more I was expecting this heart open sacred space to set my intentions and everything because that's what I'd heard it does but I actually realized I had to go through the releasing process first before I could get to that space yeah that's such an awesome question (coughs) so when I think back now um I realized that 
because cacao is such a gentle plant medicine, I was expecting to purge hardcore. I think I was expecting like an ayahuasca type. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't that? That's Same, something different yeah. altogether. <laughs> it, it so is. It so is. Um, but what the cacao does is it, it doesn't push you to anywhere that would make it uneasy or even uncomfortable. And that's what the most oh, amazing thing about cacao is as a plant medicine is like I was expecting harshness because that was mm. how I actually treated myself really, really harshly. So mm-hmm. I was like, so you're going to come in and yeah. harshly shovel my shit out because that's how I want because that's how I know. Um, but she was like, actually, no. And she pretty much taught me and retrained me that the biggest shifts and the biggest changes can be made in the most subtle, in the most quiet, in the most relaxed and graceful way. Um, And that was what she taught me really was just that it can all happen in beauty. Yeah. And the subtle, kind, compassionate, soft um, frequency and vibration that is created from that heart space can do so much in such a small amount of time it just doesn't appear to seem as big it doesn't appear to be as seem as grand or as obvious but what you are doing in those really true self-love self-care self-compassion self-accepting moments does more in one second than than it would be if you were to sit down and be really packing a punch for like five hours you know you get more done in a minute with the, with the true heart chakra and the true spirit, heart spirit essence than you would, you know, pouring pouring all of this heart stuff out. Yeah, totally. That's mm. what it's all about and that is the difference. And I think we as a human race, we are so exposed to violence, whether it be like a movie, there's always, you know, action and, and gunfighting or, or even Desensitized. like... Desensitised. Yeah, or even rom-coms, there's always like a really horrid part of of heartache and and like friction where and it's almost like you know we don't get things done without friction that you gotta fight to get what you want you gotta work hard it's got to be a struggle and I didn't even realize that I was actually looking for struggle because Mm. if I didn't struggle then I didn't get anywhere yeah Um, so it's that's another complete retraining that cacao does yeah, and it's not really like um, like there is a black and a white to everything and yin and yang and, and the opposite. So there is a level of um, black to the light, to the white in what you're doing. It's just that it's not, it doesn't feel like friction, but it's still there. Like it might be the effort that it takes, not the effort, but the the discipline that it takes to go and sit in ritual is as simply as friction as, as it gets, you know, like the friction might just be in the discipline or you know, there's, it could just be that you had to pay or, you know, like it doesn't have to be aggressive or assertive, but the, it's beautiful to witness the the both sides of it that are there and just realize that as you get more authentic and more, um, and you feel more safe to do so is probably the, the better way to say it. When you feel more safe to do it, you realize that the darkness is actually part of it, but it is not hard or it is not painful or it is not abusive or aggressive or something that we feel that we've experienced some kind of effort to get through it's just simply there yeah Mm. so I've um I've done a few ceremonies but I'll never forget my first one 
Um, and it was, I was like, well, what's it going to be like? And like, you, you should probably put some sweetener in the first one. Like there was what my friend told me and I was like, I want to experience whatever it is and I'll make my mind up. But <laughs> the lady who was a friend of mine, she was doing it and she's like, do you want to, um, do you want to know what it tastes like? I'm like, yeah. She goes, would you like hot chocolate? So yeah, she goes, well, it's nothing like that. And I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, I don't really want to tell you what to expect because it will be different for everybody, but just be prepared for it to taste really bitter. It's not going to be like what you know, um, like um, the like hot chocolate powder. Like it's not going to be like cocoa. Like So get that out of your head. Um, and I remember drinking it and feeling like my whole esophagus had been burnt. <laughs> not because it was too hot, but because of the no, flavor. It was just like it was it packed a punch for my heart chakra. And since then it's changed, you know, like each time I found that each time I have been in ceremony and drunk it with um, you know, with other people holding space and being in circle with it, um, it tastes different each time. And I know that, you know, it's prepared I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I would imagine that each time you you drink it, it tastes different or you experience a different feeling. And I'm quite in tune with how I feel, you know, physically, like I I can feel everything to it within an inch of itself. Um, and so I feel like, oh, this is the effect that it had on my tongue, my back of my throat, my throat, my chest, you know, when it hit my stomach and like, it's different every time though. So you know, it's something that I feel like whenever I've described it to people, I just say to them, expect the unexpected each time and don't think that each time is the same. But for you, who is obviously far more of a specialist in his area than I am, how do you describe it to people for their first time? Um, I also, I always let people know to just drop all expectations because you'll only ever get what you need this time. and. Yeah, I, I've had last in-person ceremony was very much almost near my own story where my first ceremony I expected so much and I expect it to be really powerful and to really feel it. And I had um, one person in my circle who had just been to a different ceremony that was really like real power, real, oh, my God, it like took my brain to this level and, Oh, it was amazing. And, and then to come to my cacao ceremony and have it be so mild and to share like this really similar story to me. And for me to, at that point say, you know what, there would have been answers, but really, really quiet ones and really, really subtle ones. And yeah, just the most important thing is to just go with no expectation. Because you'll miss out on what's happening. Yeah, because you're so, you're looking for like a loud bang over there that you're missing the quiet whisper over here. Mm. Um, so that's what expectation does. And I find expectation blocks anybody from receiving answers or even having like a spirit, an experience that they could really, really benefit from because of an expectation on how something should look like and and even be devastated when they're not seeing visions but somebody else in the circle is or 
you know, having a big cry and a big purge when somebody else in the circle was because my first ceremony, somebody, there was somebody there who had like a big, beautiful crying purge. And I was like, uh. <laughs> so, yeah, just really going there and just sitting back in yourself and just being in yourself and going, okay, I'm ready to accept whatever you have to show me or tell me and release all expectations by all means have your intentions but release your expectation of um experience and yeah if that would have been cool if somebody told me that but I don't know if I would have listened because I also get really excited and I know when you're on the start of like a big spiritual healing journey you can get so excited um so it can kind of be hard to calm down but that would be my main thing was to just leave all your expectations at the door and see what comes yeah, sounds tricky to to be able to do that because, like you said, you hear about so many people having these experiences. You can't help but uh, whether or not you truly have expectations because you might even think, like, I'd be sitting there going, nothing will happen to me whatsoever. <laughs> like I would have the almost opposite um, expectations. But when you hear so many people's experiences, it would be hard. It would be so tricky to just go in and zen out. <laughs> yeah it can be yeah depends like on how much has been happening in your life and what is going on in your head and yeah and, with that. and if you're doing it in circle I suppose that person running running it would be hopefully taking care of that as well like you were saying you wish that your first time that that leader would have just set it up a bit you know informing everyone it can be different for everyone there yeah you know what I I barely remember if they did or not yeah I don't probably know wouldn't I have heard it exactly yeah I not have been in the place to to have received that back then either and I think that it's beautiful that you did have the exact experience that you had because you'll as a teacher of um and someone who has the blessing and the honor and the humility of um really, you know, getting back to when you were talking about to heal Australia, um, like you're you're a messenger and a guide. And so to have that, you know, you've got this unique experience that really helps you appreciate um, the value of being in the right here, right now and being open to surrender and receive in the right here, right now and how crucial that is to it. Whereas if you'd have had like a really cool, like off the charts experience, experience first time around you might have taken a lot like a bit of a detour around how long it took you to really appreciate that moment in time and I don't think that you're here to do this in a generic you know pump it out through the through the like the system thing at all like it's more of a unique um honest truthful and I'm not saying that the people that pump it through and you know more so of the mainstream aren't but you're here to do a different part of it and deliver it in a different way. And it's, and for you to experience how valuable that right here, right now, present moment, surrendering and receiving is, is probably the foundation of, of everything for what you're here to do with the cacao. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you um, when you think about doing ceremony, like you said that you came home and you did it by yourself for 
days mm-hmm. by yourself. Mm-hmm. Is there a time that you recommend people do it or don't do it? So like around a full moon or a new moon or change of seasons or solstices or equinoxes or, you know, like Indigenous, you know, events. Yep, I find all of that to be really personal. So whatever works for you. Um, I myself am a star seed and I don't hail from this solar system. So I don't really care <laughs> about the moon cycles and that um sorry but that's and don't be sorry I can't even I can't remember astrological stuff at all it goes straight through my head um fascinating yeah and it took for my uh spiritual teacher the elder to when I was like I don't understand like I tried to read you know this Aquarians and you know all those words Sagittarius and all that and she's like because you're not from here and you don't give a shit (laughs) she's She's a cool teacher. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Because you're just trying to push shit uphill and go, why don't I get it? And she's like, because yeah. you're not from here and you don't give a shit. Be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, cool. I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Moving I, on then. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I do yeah. random ceremonies at random times when I feel that the energy in the collective actually yeah. needs a shift. That's kind of how I work. So it's more human on country, more grounded stuff. Yeah. Because I get asked all the time, are you doing something for the full moon? Yeah, of <laughs> course. For, yeah. for this moon and that moon? And I'm like, no, probably not, sorry. Um, and I have once or twice in the past, but it, it just wasn't for me. It, it's more so like what the collective needs. If I feel like there's a lot of fear or, or something that needs to be shifted or I get a message from the weather, the elementals, um, sometimes like nature spirits, um, they'll go, okay, we need this now to like come in, in on this on country because if I do it on Zoom, then everybody from around Australia will join in mm-hmm. and then it kind of like plugs that energy and that transformation or transmutation, what's the word, like that evolution of, of energy, like at least somebody being a aerial tower for that area. Yeah, to to um, do like whatever it is that comes into the ceremony for that area and then it all connects like a spider web all around mm. Australia and it heals energy on country, if that makes sense. Mm. Perfect sense. Yeah. It's and did you learn how to do that? <sighs> you just you do it. Self-taught, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just came. And same with my very first cacao ceremony. I didn't go seeking to ask any particular human being's permission um I already had like my guides so like connected to me and telling me what to do and showing me what to do and uh the area here in Brisbane there's an area like place called Ipswich look a lot has happened in Ipswich if you go there you will feel a, a very dead kind of energy um very unhappy energy and there's been mass genocides happen at that river where Mm. a lot of people drive across every day to go to Ipswich city. A lot of men and I dare say could be women and children, but definitely a lot of men because, you know, without the men, there's no protection for for the women and children. We're all chased down to that river and so many murdered. So where I was doing ceremony was up the river. And every time I hold ceremonial space here, I always call in the ancestors and just like any land spirits there that 
have been forgotten, um, that that want to be acknowledged and to know that they're alive um, and seen and heard and just acknowledged so that they can peacefully pass on so that they can change their energy and therefore it changes like the land's energy, it changes the land spirit's energy, it changes life for the animals, the water, the soil health Um, because we forget like the blueprint of horrific things leaves can kill soil it can do so much damage to land and, and energy on land so um yeah so that's kind of what I always incorporate and it heals heals the place and I've even had women leave my ceremony with the flowers that I gave and put it in the river in that place mm. where all the people were run down to the river and murdered and if you can feel goosebumps you can feel like that it makes a change um for energy here and I think it's beautiful that people take time to connect and to do that you know like for anyone that's listening and I know that our listeners will be totally embracing everything that you just said and everything else that you've been saying um because they're here for this kind of stuff which is why we have you um but for anyone who's listening who might just think, oh, you know, like I don't understand that or I don't believe that that can happen, you know, like connecting and um, healing the the soil and the earth, um, you know, like it's, I, I, there is such a, a universal language in intention. And if you can just think about everyone getting together with this pure, beautiful intent that is selfless of, of human, of self, but really just um, it's of, of giving, of service, of, of healing, of love, of connection. It's just like just let people do what they want to do because no matter what, you're sending out like if at the, if at the very bottom of it, if the be all and end all of it is that you you guys were just all together vibrating at this really super high vibe, love frequency, you know, connection frequency and putting that out into the world and to the universe like that shit does stuff you know like that that stuff is the stuff that's going to make the difference if more and more people can get together with this intention that is heart-centered and heart-focused and people come together like what you were talking about in the beginning in terms of that that oneness and that togetherness um if more and more people can do that for themselves with their girlfriends or with their children or with their partners come together and just have that that significance of instead of just practicing individually but practicing as a group even if you don't think that you're doing the right thing or that you know what you're doing just go and sit there and be with each other with this shared of love of connection and say what you think you need to say and do what you need to do like it can't do any harm really no if you're getting together with cacao spirit with genuine intention um, and what you said was exactly right, like get together in groups or even just coming back to yourself, just having a moment where you're not judging yourself and you're not vibing in that state of judgment and fear and, and everything else that's going on. That does lay a foundation here and that does make huge, huge shifts. And I can tell you that if you are genuinely working with the spirit of cacao, that is a personal um, connection and nobody can tell you that it's wrong. So, so nobody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's often arises with serving cacao. Um, yeah. As to, you know, 
birthright and, and all these words that actually just keep what cacao is here to do imprisoned. Yeah. Well, think about, you know, like your beautiful logo for the Australian Ceremony Cacao brand. Um, it's an Indigenous um, inspired t- spin or take on cacao. And if we were to pick up on what you were just saying with cultural appropriation and cacao coming, you know, ceremonial grade cacao traditionally comes from Peru, correct? So it's like it's supposed to come from Peru, like that's where it's sourced. And so you would think that then people would just go, well, you should have to be Peruvian or you should have to, you know, be in in Peru to do it. It's like ayahuasca. It's like the people that get trained, the shamans that come over here to Australia or any other country who take you through ayahuasca ceremonies. It's like, oh, well, you need to go over there to do the ayahuasca ceremony if you want to be doing it correctly. Mm. Like ultimately it really comes down to like it is it's a spiritual thing, you know, like before when I was saying about um, how you were in, in, like inducted almost into or initiated into um, the Indigenous spiritual community, you know, because you weren't born here, because you didn't live here for the first six years of your life, you would have, you anyone that is just a, 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 a layman, you know, would assume that what connection would you have to the Indigenous community of Australia? You know, so it's kind of like there are these like preconceived barriers of just like, well, for starters, you weren't even born here. You're not even from Peru. You know, like what are you doing working with Australian ceremonial cacao and putting an Indigenous label on it? Like that's just uneducated naivety and ignorance to what is actually happening. You know, the Indigenous spirit, I'm getting so passionate about this because I see it so much about how People think people own stuff like this. They don't. That is such a human idea of it. it. Ultimately, we all share that same spirit and we're all just fractures of the spirit. And so the more people who want to intentionally, from the purest place, work with the spirit, just freaking let them. Just let them do it. You know, like work with the indigenous. If the indigenous is how you found your connection back, and it allows you to feel like you've got a space to connect to and something to share through. Like everyone can go fuck themselves as far as I'm concerned when it comes to, <laughs> you know, who's allowed to do it and who's doing it wrong. I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I think there is a wrong and a right in, in the way that people use and abuse it. But if you're doing it, like you just said, if you're coming into yourself and you are genuinely connecting to the cacao spirit and that you know the other spirits that are out there if you're genuinely connecting and you're working from that heart space you do you yeah the medicine is here to heal <clears throat> it's not one person's to keep or to medicine own or to doesn't label discriminate it doesn't Correct. yeah yeah and well, that's if we were the all intention. waiting for three shamans who knew how to <laughs> properly um ceremony with cacao to come out to the rest of the world and see everybody then nothing would change in the world so cacao has always said when the world needs me I'm I will come and so she's here there's more people doing the work more than ever and so as you can see because we're all doing the work more than ever waking up more than ever trying to live consciously more than ever pulling the wool away from our eyes more than ever which cacao does it's like everything's ramped up 
um, that is also trying to quash that and keep everybody under control. And you can see it's happening around us right now in this time, right now, with all these bullshit things happening out there. So just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. That's right. Um, So we've chatted about different ideal times to hold ceremony. And like you said, that's really individual. It's really when... Uh, it suits you and if you're coming together as a group, but how is it prepared for ceremony? There's there's different ways to do that as well. Like traditionally, um, I would guess, oh, I would say a shaman would blow like tobacco and, and different smokes on the cacao and work in different ways. Um, here we obviously do not have access to real tobacco, cigars, it's illegal it would be the way that you find most sacred. So you could put some music on that mm-hmm. um, really grounds you into that sacredness feeling in your body. Um, I speak light language to my cacao sometimes. When I'm blending it or storing it, I will sometimes put Reiki into it or I will just set my intention and just start speaking to the cacao. When I am making a big batch, um, a big pot for a group, I always speak to her and ask her to help with like whatever the theme of that ceremony is to help everybody get what they need to get, get it gracefully, get it how, you know, you think is best for them. Um, Just really setting intentions whilst making the cacao, just the connection being made from when you're pulling out, you know, your bag or container of cacao to pulling it out or chopping it up, however you're doing it, getting your cup, like just be present while you're doing it. You're doing it for a reason. You're doing it for an intention. Start. This just starts making you aware of yourself and your body. So you start coming back. You start pulling like all the bits of you that, you know, is at, you know, the kid's soccer field or at work or, you know, with your pile of laundry, just pulling all of yourself back from wherever you're at so that you're fully present and you've already started that ceremonial practice by coming back to yourself from beginning to make it. Um, And then, of course, if you're at home, you can set like a really comfortable little nook for yourself inside, outside, go out into the trees where you want to ceremony and be to ceremony is totally up to you. Um, Whether you want to journal throughout, whether you want to light a candle, like I love fire. Fire is a beautiful element to have during ceremony. Um, saging, payloading, if you want to clear the room, if you want to clear yourself beforehand, if you want to clear the cacao, because, you know, the energy of wherever it traveled from, like the postman touching it and everybody in between, um, and you want to just clear it and make sure it's all just you guys in that space. You can have your crystals, have your oracle cards, or just meditate, like, a ceremony can look so many different ways to what you need from there on. You can ceremony with your partner. You can make love afterwards. You can <laughs> ceremony to open conversation with your partner or with family or with your workmates. Um, if you run office meetings, like have that there to get everybody vibrating at the same space, calling everybody into that space. Um, I just love that cacao. Like if you're doing it to communicate with other people, how it really clears the line of communication and and it kind of helps take away any defensiveness, judgment, um, 
like resistance even. So everybody's on this beautiful open, like coming from a heart place rather than coming from an I'm picking on you kind of place and just receiving mm. it really well as well. So not just giving with cacao, just also being able to receive with the cacao as well. What if you were like wanting to do that at work or with a group of friends and there was resistance around wanting to do it because they didn't feel ready or they don't want to, you know? Yeah, well, they don't have to join. Is that what you mean? Yeah, because like some people, um, like I've got a really big thing about sovereignty. Yeah. And so um, when I teach um, a lot of people some some tools about how to raise your own vibration, you know, for, and I could just think of one of them off the top of my head, like the softal geotones, you know, the frequencies. And so like sometimes I'll say, you know, you could listen to them at work. Um, however, you, or even like if you're a teacher, you could have them on in the classroom. Um, but the thing is though, that like everyone around you, you are, um, you're going to be affecting their vibration without their permission. And so the intent needs to be really pure. Um, and that you need to be, you need to be very mindful and aware of how, what you're doing is impacting others. Um, and they might not be ready for it or might not um, ask for it or want it. Uh, and and you have to be mindful of the, the, the flow on effects, you know, wherever there is a cause, there is an effect. Um, and so like with after a ceremony, um, you know, like because you've had this awareness, you know, say if you sit in, in circle with a group, so like, Laura's um, just finished her sister circle training. And so like, imagine if you go to a sister circle and you're sitting in ceremony and you come out and you've had this amazing experience and you come home and you're ready to share and you're ready to open, you're ready to, to like let it out. But what if the people around you aren't ready to receive it? You know, so like, do you, do you kind of, do you ever, or have you ever experienced people that you've ceremonied with who kind of like keep it to themselves or like don't share it instead of opening up the lines of communication but realizing the people that maybe you want to communicate to aren't ready to receive the communication okay I think I'm understanding your question now I think I've got about 20 questions and 20 statements in there (laughs) it was it was deep yeah yeah well first of all I wouldn't be holding ceremony for anybody who isn't willing to come so Mm. that's that's why the, the ticket obviously is important because that's that's like giving permission in general. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people <laughs> get the pull to come and have no idea <laughs> why they wanted to come mm. and and were and have been like really, really defensive. Um, but after they had the cacao and and their their relationship with cacao, and obviously cacao spirit did her work. So it's that's the beauty of cacao. It's like it's not me putting out my hard work or or really expending a lot of energy. I'm just guiding the space and the people who want to come to like that. You're just facilitating. Ceremony. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and they've often been ones who maybe were holding on to actually the most and actually had a huge let go and actually had the biggest experience. But it's always open to say like you don't have to share. Uh, we'll go around in circle with, you know, our sodalite crystal and you can hold it and, and share if you like. And of course you don't have to share if you don't like. It's always, yeah, making sure that everybody is comfortable to do what they feel is best for them at that moment. 
yeah mm. do that and that's it yeah kind of. <laughs> it's not it's like no two people are going to have the same experience and um and I think Tracy when you were saying like if I was to hold a circle and if I was to um integrate using cacao ceremony and someone had you know a big experience um you would you know part of facilitating and closing that circle would be ensuring that person felt comfortable within themselves and aware of going home and blaring it out to people that aren't ready like there's an awareness that comes along with that and that's on them as much as it is on you as their you know facilitator or someone helping support them to educate them on that as well to make them aware and bring awareness around that of potentially a big experience that's happened it's you know part of holding that circle is closing that circle as well and ensuring they they've all got their own safe havens they're not going out raw <laughs> yeah and sharing that you know what happens in the circle can stay here like you're welcome to share your experience um yeah just everybody's privacy making sure everybody is safe and feel safe and grounding everybody before they leave I think is is a big deal as well yeah yeah you're opening it up and you're you know experiencing things together and as individuals and then you're closing it as well and you know encapsulating that and really protecting that space and everybody in it yeah, and just reminding people, like, it can take a couple of days to a week to integrate. So just take it easy on yourself. Observe yourself. If you feel like things are coming up and you need to just sit and cry and you don't know why, just have compassion for yourself. It might be you might get little moments post-ceremony to sit with yourself and hold space for yourself and practice holding space for yourself, practice holding compassion for you, letting things come up that might want to come up. Maybe you want to rest, but you're normally such a busy bee. Like have a look, where do you, could you rest? Like just take the little things that come up lightly and and as little lessons and continue to journal on your experience because the experience doesn't just end in the ceremony. It will have a flow on effect in your life. So being aware of it, um, journaling on it if you need to, but having compassion for yourself, I think is the biggest thing. Like the next few days, have compassion for yourself. Cause that is a big ask when people are so used to living in fight or flight mm. to be able to have that compassion and, and not judge themselves and hold themselves tenderly. And they've come and they've had a cacao experience and they've just done that for the first time in who knows how many years it can feel really odd and strange. Um, and I always say, you know, you might get diarrhea, you might <laughs> urge, you might want to wee, you, um, during the ceremony, fart, burp, do all the things you need because things can also release as well. Mm. And then validate all the things that come as well. Mm. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like the ceremony is only the beginning. Like you were saying, it could it could take, you know, a few days later and that could even be a foreign concept to some who were also um, attuned to getting information now and results and answers now. So just having that patience and sitting with it, like with many things spiritual really, but it's. Yeah, it'll teach you what you need to know. Yeah, and it's frustrating because, <laughs> it yeah, if, if you are used to answers now, it's going to be frustrating learning patience. Mm. You know, but that's what it's going to bring if, depending wherever you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lena, I wanted to just ask you one last question. 
Um, what about children with cacao? Like, can I? It's um, I've got three children: one's sixteen, fourteen, and nine. Today, actually, it's her birthday. Um, are they safe to drink cacao, or is there a dosage recommendation, or should they should they stay away from it? I would give for my heart recommendation. I would say just half a heart. And if it's still too strong, because some of the kids can find it just really bitter, yeah, quarter it. And as long as there's a little bit of cacao coming into their body, like we don't need much. We don't need big, massive um, amounts of cacao. So there's great, like recommendations out there that say this is a ceremonial dose. I find the more you ceremony the less you need and to be honest if there's cacao in your body it's doing the work so you really don't need that much um little kids say my daughter's been drinking cacao since she was like one um a quarter of a heart is totally fine maybe from five on like give them I'd give them half a heart um and they might not even drink that whole cup it's it's totally up to them kids are really intuitive so they'll drink what they need, even if you do put too much in and they find it bitter, they won't drink that much. But really just a quarter dose. Um, for me, a dose would be one heart. So I'd go like a quarter of a heart or half a heart is fine. Great. And when you say hearts, everyone just listening. So your um, the way that your cacao comes packaged is in like little heart-shaped buttons, I guess. Yeah, Tracy's coughing. So what's the equivalent in a heart? Um, so a heart is about 8 to 10 grams. Um, okay. Or give or take because of like the imperfections of the moulding. Yeah, sure, yeah. But, yeah, I yeah, 4 yeah. grams or 2 grams, that's that's totally fine. You don't need heaps of cacao to um, mm. cacao spirit. Packs a potent punch. <laughs> And you can see all about the hearts on the website, which Lara's going to put in the show notes. So, Absolutely. The link in the show notes will be there. Are you on Instagram as well, Lena? I am. All right. I'll pop that link in there as well for all our stalkies that want to show Lena some love. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any precautions or things that you would suggest prior to ceremony and after, or have we got that fairly covered with our conversation that we've just had? <laughs> um, with ceremonial cacao I always like to say if you're pregnant maybe like go half the dose of whatever it is you're taking or go quarter like really go with how you feel with that because cacao can reduce blood pressure um, and increase heart rate so that's the difference that it does that that is the opposite to coffee which is why it's like a more calming um sustained energy version of coffee which is like really buzzes your nervous system and and then you crash where cacao cannot like chill you out hence why we have it when we're stressed so when we're pregnant and our blood pressure is already low um, have a smaller dose if you're on heart medication so if you have low like heart rate and you're on heart meds to make your heart pump faster then the cacao can it's caffeine effects can make your heart like pump even faster. So just be aware of like your heart and antidepressants, particular antidepressants can have a very similar chemical compound to what is in cacao. 
Mm. So if you're having cacao, it can give you like a slight headache and sometimes nausea because it's like a double dose of the antidepressant almost. Mm. I think they're my three things I would always go through, whether you're pregnant, have a prior. Yeah. Yeah. And afterwards, like we were talking a fair bit about, you know, being gentle with yourself in a, in the few days afterwards. Yeah. Is there anything afterwards that you want to add to that? I'd say just drink water and just observe yourself and just take it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Observe like what is going to unfold after that ceremony. Because even for me with my incredibly underwhelming first cacao ceremony, life unfolded like you wouldn't believe afterwards, yeah. you know? So yeah really observing just everything, like the way you're thinking, how you're feeling um, and validating good things that come and just really practicing gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any other visits from the spirits, like the Indigenous, since you've been doing this, like since you've been following kind of what your calling was in that dream and that download, have you had them visit to sort of let you know that, that they see you, that they, that they're witnessing you? Yeah. So it was, quite funny actually the first ceremony I went to Melbourne to do I was on the plane and it's funny these I have a plane thing with spirits um <laughs> the two <clears throat> Aboriginal women like popped over both of my shoulders and they're like oh my god we're going to Melbourne how exciting and I was like <laughs> haven't you guys ever been to Melbourne because I'm thinking you're spirits you could just go anywhere they're like no we've never been to Melbourne um, wow we're excited about like yeah, coming to do a cacao ceremony in Melbourne. You were taking them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were coming with me. That was, yeah, kind of a funny spirit moment. And also with my spiritual teacher, she, I had some things because the girl in, that was my guide in my original dream, she was my sister from my past life when I obviously was an Aboriginal girl and I was taken in um, during like the very early um, stolen generation and I remember distinctly being picked up by a man a policeman bully man and me screaming for my sister and her standing behind the bush and all she could do was watch me and she couldn't do anything um, oh. that was like the most heartbreaking emotional connection to me in that life was me screaming for her and crying for her and her just watching and um, doing nothing that always makes me cry Mm. Um, and also healing letting go of her because I was so desperate to find her again throughout my whole life and I do remember going back to where we used to live when I was an elder and I remember sitting at this lake where we used to look for freshwater clams um, my people at that time and having cataracts and sitting under a tree and just sitting there and I died lonely because I never saw my sister again so that was like her coming back to find me yeah oh wow that's just amazing and letting that go and I've been on this kind of hunt to maybe find closure around that life and I made friends with some beautiful Kabi elders who um are protecting a Kabi Kabi um sacred site that transport and main roads are trying to demolish and build I think the Bruce highway through um 
And it was really beautiful that they really supported me in a ceremony that I did called Connection to Country. And I had a lot of um, people, Native and non-Native, um, attack, attack me about it. Wow. But I had to learn that, like, the concept of me bringing people together and educating that we're all connected to Mother Earth, it's not just Australia, it's Mother Earth. We're all her babies. We're all her children and we all need to come together. Um, and having these elders support and also them inviting me onto sacred site to serve cacao to all the elders there. That was really big in healing for me. Mm. Um, and for them to also share a story, a dreaming called Wirujan Dreaming, which came through in the Kangaroo Islands through an elder there. Um, I can't remember his name, but the Kabi Kabi bloodline also shared that story through for thousands of years. So the Kabi Kabi people, um, from what I have been told by the elders there, that they have known the story for thousands of years that different people would come to Australia and cause like mass colonization, murder many, many people, but also fall in love with each other as well. And we forget that that's happened here as well, all the way from early settlers. Okay. Yeah. Aboriginal and white man have fallen in love, like genuine, beautiful love with each other too. And this story um, that they shared of Wirujan Dreaming is in English, basically black fella, white fella dreaming. So both people come in together and when we learn that we all come together, that's when we actually do what's best for country, for the world. Um, and that's what Australian ceremonial cacao, we practice like our intention and, and purpose and mission under Wirujan Dreaming, which is bringing everybody together together. Um, and it also just blew my mind having these elders tell me that story because it was like I couldn't put into words or feel like I could justify my reason for Australian ceremonial cacao until they said this is actually the, the dreaming that your cacao is representing and I just didn't have the words or the name for it. So now I do. It's called Wirridge and Dreaming and it's about bringing people together. Beautiful. Oh, that is that's just goosebumps all over. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not everybody is against us. Um, mm -hmm. and, and many people, I, I would, could say we've done so many wrong things, but who is we? Like there's so many ancestors who have done fucked up things. Um, Everyone's wrong. Yep. And we forget that white people, our original um, ice cave like we were the original ice man so we also lived in clans we also lived in groups of people we were the people our ancestors were the people who and I say our because I'm half but I can just say our anyway um <laughs> the white ancestors were the one who drew the pictures of the bison on the wall of the woolly mammoth of all those cave paintings don't forget that we also were tribal people too but we had that separated from us a long time ago. This is a fresh separation. We're separating Australian peoples from their stories. But we also had stories that we were also separated from too. So don't forget that we are also Native. We've just had that stripped from us. We've had our stories stripped from us. We've forgotten our stories, our Native stories, our Native legends. 
So yeah, that's like a whole nother episode right there. Exactly. That's a huge conversation that I would love to have because I get right into that kind of stuff. That's history. Yeah. But it's history that's going to make a difference, I think, you know. Like I um, sat down with an Indigenous man from, um, oh, now I've had a complete mind blank, um, the Rudry country out here in New South Wales. Like it's the biggest country um, in sort of like central New South Wales. And I sat with him the other day and, you know, we were talking about um, how like solutions and things moving forward and conversations that um, are going to be things that show that we're learning and that we've learned. And those conversations are inclusive conversations, not conversations about continuing um, the wrongs, the perceived wrongs or the wrongs, the things that were really wrong, the, you know, the inhumane things, the horrible things that were, were awful, but also focusing on the things like what, what, like where focus goes, energy flows. And so if we can continue to tell those good stories, to highlight where people do come together and highlight the, the shared um, the shared experience from a oneness perspective um, and learn that moving forward it is about togetherness, whether we like it or not, like whether we like we like it, but whether the, the general population is going to like it or not, that those conversations are going to be the things that are actually going to make the difference rather than continuing to focus on bad things, you know. So to hear that the love stories come up where, black fella and you know white fella fall in love and it's pure love just like white fella and white fella or black fella and black fella you know love is love um and we see it with the lbgtqi community love is love and it has no color um and ultimately it's a connection and it's riddled with story um and honoring honoring and and um, respecting those stories, but not being afraid to share the good stories because mm. there are plenty there that we should start focusing on and not feel guilty about it. So I applaud you for doing what you're doing, even though you would have had stuff coming against you, people coming against you. Like I, I really applaud you because it's it's a hard, and I said to Jason, you know, the, the Rudry man, I said to him in the in the get-go, the first thing I said was, it's really hard to be the voice that I stand for because I'm about the future, not about the past. I understand the past and I respect it, but I believe the only way to show that um, that I'm actually learning and that I'm here to make the difference is to talk about future solutions. Um, and he said that's how a lot of us feel too coming through now as well. You know, the generations that are coming through that are standing up, they're about inclusion and they've had enough of those conversations. They want to talk about the good stuff. So I think what you're doing is fucking awesome. And I knew that there was a reason why I was drawn to yours. I mean, there's plenty of places that I could get ceremonial grade cacao if I really wanted to, but I have an affiliation with the Indigenous spirit as well. So when I found you, I was just like, yep, there was like no questions. There was no nothing. It was just like I've been guided to you for a reason. Um, and this is the ceremonial grade cacao that I'm supposed to be drinking. That I'm supposed to connect to for my body and my spirit. So thank you. 
Thank you. And I just wanted to um, say my beautiful artwork, the work that you were speaking of, the heart mm. with the boomerangs inside, um, that was done by an amazing Aboriginal artist and also educator and spiritual healer. Um, her name is Emma Stewart and she's from Jiribiti Dreaming. Like look look at her stuff as well. She does a lot of healing and weaving um, into that and she so gladly did that amazing channeled artwork for me and the story that mm. she infused in it that she received from her inner divine um, is also written on my website. Yeah. Well. It is, which I've read it and it's beautiful. I, I recommend everyone go and check out and Laura will put your website in the show notes um, and links to everything. Um, but you've got your, you've got storytelling down pat on your website, which is part of it too, right? Um, so go and read. It's some really feel-good stories on your website, which is great. And she's an amazing artist. Oh, yeah, amazing. Mm. Oh, yes. oh, I think we've made a new friend, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> someone Lena. to get drunk on love with yeah <laughs> absolutely that's perfect that's perfect yeah. thank you so much for your time and your sharing and your knowledge and your continued work it's amazing and so well needed thanks thank Lena ladies thank you for your time as well thank you take care we'll be in touch I will thanks see you bye we love bringing Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tosby tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways, as well as special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. We welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or Tracy. And we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on Insta at turnsout underscore she's psychic. Bye-bye. Bye.